many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Goalie Nutrition makes health simple and delicious. This time of year, make sure you set yourself up for success with our amazing world's first ACV gummies. For restorative rest, your sleep gummies. Or support overall wellness with our entire line of amazing, healthy, and wholesome products. Goalie Nutrition. Taste your goals. Available online at goalie.com or at a retailer near you. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball isn't boring. You know how I know because we just witnessed it at the baseball winter meetings. Day three. Day three at the Grand Hyatt in San Diego. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's heading for the red eyes. Everyone wants to get out of the suites. Everyone wants to taste the outside air because at the baseball winter meetings, usually you don't get a chance to do that. But that doesn't mean that it, has bo- it was boring by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. Day three started with Aaron Judge signing. And then not too far long after that was Kenley Jansen. Agreeing to terms of the Red Sox, two years, $32 million. A little bit later, Yoshida, the outfielder from Japan, he came to agreement with the Red Sox. And other things were percolating as well. So I think that a lot of teams head out of the winter meetings with a ton of stuff to do. There was a smattering of things. There wasn't a press conference, which is still bizarre to me, that the winter meetings have this whole stage set up. And we did that podcast with Rich Hill, the anatomy of a winter meetings press conference, and we didn't even have one. But we did have the Rule 5 draft. We know how that, how that went. But maybe we'll do a Rule 5 uh, podcast, Baseball is a Boring Podcast, because we got to pick through every little bit of baseball and the offseason because it's so delicious. Speaking of delicious, the conversation in regards to the signing, most specifically the signing of Kenley Jansen, I think is really, really interesting. Kenley Jansen was dominant with the Dodgers. He had a pretty good year with the Braves. Really good year. I mean, i say a pretty good year. And he gets this two-year deal. Did the Red Sox overpay? I don't know. Did they just uh, seem like they were wanting to throw around some money, show, hey, wait, we get the money to spend, we're going to go out and get a closer even though it's going to cost a lot? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know, maybe. But the thing is, is that one of the things that we learned in this free agent market is the, that if you want to get involved, if you want to dip your toe in the water of building a team through free agency in any way, shape, or form, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. And we can't be hypocrites. If, if a team wants to do that, you know that that's going to be, you're going to have to pay the pipe or you might have to pay or overpay. That's seemingly what the Red Sox did with Kenley Jansen. But don't take my word for it. Mark Bowman of MLB.com has been covering the Braves for a long, long time. He has a great pulse of what's going on down in Atlanta. He's a great pulse of what Kenley Jansen, the latest version of him, represents. So we went to Mark. We wanted to talk to him. And also, while we were talking to him, we broke down exactly what the Braves were doing, most specifically Dansby Swanson. I mean, no, this is a shortstop. You have the big four, Turner, Bogart, Correa, and Swanson. And Swanson's always sort of pushed to the back burner. But what exactly is he? What does he represent? 
how much was he worth? Should he be valued more than he actually is? All of this is questions answered by our good friend Mark Bowman. And Mark Bowman joins us for the latest Baseballs and Boring. Subscribe, rate, review, listen, all of it. We appreciate it. We're going to keep the ball rolling now that we're back from the baseball winter meetings. Here's Mark Bowman. All right, big doings, big doings here at the uh, the winter meetings. Mark Bowman with me, MLB.com. There's nobody I'd rather talk to right now. Honestly, nobody I'd rather talk to right now than you, Mark. Um, well, most importantly, because other than Judge, as we sit here, and, and by the time people listen to this, it might change, but other than Judge, the biggest news, I think, today was the Ken Lee Jansen stuff. Yeah. And when we talk about Ken Lee Jansen... The world of baseball knows Kenley Jansen most for the Dodgers. But you've got a perspective of him as a member of the Braves. Give me your give me your honest, this is what Kenley Jansen was in 2022 opinion. Okay, well, you know, just first of all, they, they were getting a great guy in the clubhouse. I think he's, you know, a, a guy that, I, that the Boston media is going to appreciate, you know, for... For just his accountability, uh, just his you know, willingness to talk about anything and everything around the baseball world, uh, I think the fans will appreciate that. You know, but but where is he in terms of his career? This guy's he's certainly capable of still being a closer. He's mm-hmm. he's not at that elite level that he was, uh, or he wasn't for a majority of this year. Now you look at the save total; he leads the majors in <laughs> saves, and you say, "What do you mean?" And you just say. It just isn't that dominant guy you saw in L.A. all the time. Now, I will say this. After some late-season adjustments this year, he was much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the final weeks of the, the regular season, didn't really see much of him in the, the postseason there because the Braves weren't able to get a lead. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time, he finished the season strong. Um, you know, I, I think that he, he's a guy that, if we were on a two-year deal, you know, you're not take. I certainly wouldn't have gone three year deal or anything like that. It's you're going to take a risk with any deal. Um, he, he may not be that all star closer you've seen in the past, but uh, at least at the end of the season, he was he proved he was still capable of getting those big outs. And, and we know what kind of experience he has pitching in big games. You put my confidence level at about a six and a half. All right, all right. <laughs> what was your confidence level with Nick Green back in the day? Oh my God! That's yeah. by the way, he is absolutely the next up on the pot. Where is he at the winter meetings? How come he? He's uh, he was here in San Diego last time, but he, but he's not here. I don't. You know, he's he's sending you know texts. You know, like are the Braves going to sign Dansby? Like he's the only person in the world like asking this question. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is Nick Green, and of course, if listeners forget Nick Green, former starting shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. When we say he's former starting shortstop for the Boston Red Sox, it was about thirty games. But excellent guy, most importantly, excellent guy, and also excellent analyst, and also twin. And I know he's a twin because our good friend and listeners are gonna. I don't care if nobody cares about this. I'm gonna like pass along the story which you've probably heard before our good friend Ian Brown of MLB.com he we were at a function which Nick Green was at and and Ian went up to the gentleman and said hey Nick and had a 10 minute conversation <laughs> with him it was Nick Green's bro- twin brother so anyway there's your, there's your uh, Nick Green segment yeah, yeah there so there you go he, he had to walk off homer against the Braves Oh, he hit uh, Pesky's pole. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's how he got his job as a broadcaster. There you <laughs> exactly. go. Um, but so when you talk about Jansen, you said made some adjustments. I mean, this is the biggest thing, right? So you have a guy. It's all right to get old, like we all know this. 
but you have to adjust. What did he do? What was the thing that he adjusted as the season went on? I think it was more, it, it, he got to, it was late August. He, he, I think he blew maybe three out of five save opportunities. It was a really rough day in Seattle. Blew a, a ninth thing lead. Uh, Rodriguez hit a walk-off, I think, against him that day. And it just, you, you saw just the the frustration. So he, he took a few days off. Um, but, you know, I think it was more just, Getting his, his release point back, um, you know, to where it had been earlier in the year or better parts of his career, uh, his stride, I think, had, had gotten a little bit uh, long mm-hmm. affecting his release point. But, uh, you know, I think he just, it was more just a mental, just, hey, okay, where, where am I at? You know, he needed a, mm-hmm. a few days off and a mental break. I think he came back and was... He was pretty impressive down the stretch. I mean, you know, he looked more like his old self. He's he, not quite there. Father Time's... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But do you think, Do you think like, from what your perspective was, because he had been with the Dodgers um, for a while and obviously made his reputation with the Dodgers, dominance with the Dodgers, when he goes to a new team, especially at a deal, let's be honest, it's a one-year deal, but it's a lot of, it's a good amount of money for a leader. Was he what you thought he would be at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. yeah, at that point. Yeah, I think he ended up being that guy because, you know, we, we saw him, you know, wasn't quite even top form there the last uh, days with the Dodgers. And, you know, when he started to struggle late last season, remember I wrote something or tweeted something and I got a couple of responses from L.A. writers who was like, deja vu or something like that. In other words, I guess he's had some yeah. some late season issues is what they were uh, referring to there. but. Yeah, I mean, he's a competitor. He, he grew up a... This guy's a catcher when he came up. That's crazy. Or, you know, not when he came up. When, when he started pro yeah. ball there. And, and uh, just how big he is. He was, yeah. grew, grew up in Curacao there with, you know, a big Andrew Jones fan. I used to see him as a kid. He'd come to spring training with... Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, that's cool. Brave spring training. And uh, to see Andrew, there was a, a scout, Giovanni... Giovanni uh, I'm going to mess up his last That's name. okay. But, but, we know him as Giovanni yeah, Giovanni, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni would bring him. And he was just a great guy, friendly. Like, I don't know how many yeah. player, Curacao players the Red Sox have had, but there they are. A lot of them are very, very uh, friendly. There's, there's one who, there's one, um, who some people are, are wish stays around for a while, yeah. which is interesting because, you know, Xander Bogarts and, yeah. you know, plays for both the Netherlands. But anyway, yeah. so, so, yeah. He, so just very friendly uh, people. He would he would come to spring training and, you know, he was always hoping to, to be a Brave. And uh, really, Is that what he saw? I mean, obviously the money. I think it helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helped. The money was, was big. But uh, so the Braves are getting ready to play game five of – the World Series in 2021, and Giovanni is in Curacao. He talks to Kenley, who had, you know, been the Dodgers have been eliminated from the postseason a week or so earlier, and uh, he just said, you know, I really, really hope that you end up with the Braves. Yeah. And Giovanni passed away in his sleep that night. Oh, you're kidding me? Yeah. No. So he. Uh, so anyhow, that was always on Kenley's mind. He's like, you know what? I want to make this happen. And, yeah. You know, obviously the money had to be right, and the Braves came through. So it was a great story just to see him get that one season with, uh, you know, to help this this guy who, or to, to not help this guy to to just see this guy's dream. Yeah, realized. that is an unbelievable yeah. story. The um, and good guy in the clubhouse. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe really this is guy. Mark. This we we. Listen, we've talked. I love love the topic because we have a bunch of 
former baseball players who just retired and we have older baseball players at Rich Hill and all these other guys and the the conversation about valuing the clubhouse yeah. right and this is such a such a uh, polarizing thing because of the new wave of baseball of I'll take the guy with a five and a half ERA with a good spin rate who's sort of yeah. a jerk yeah. over the guy who's like glue guy right yeah. but he's a good guy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he'll you know I think he'll uh, be good with the guys you know get in there and and just be, uh, you know, lend a helping hand to a lot of the, the younger relievers and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, especially, um, he's not going to be a problem in the clubhouse. He's not going to create noise. And you know what? You're going to enjoy your conversations with him, whether, whatever you want to talk about. I already like basketball. Oh, so yeah. I, I enjoy talking about running isolations. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> much like Will with Will Venable, he got annoyed with me because – Every time, no, I don't know if you got annoyed, but every time I would see him, I'm like, okay, can you tell me how you ran the Princeton offense? You know, so, but that's good. I look, I look forward to that. That's yeah, good. he has, you know, and you know, he he keeps up with things. I'll tell you one thing: it's going to be very interesting with Kenley is the rule change to the pitch, the, oh. the pitch clock. It's, oh, it's is going, he? He takes yeah, a he's long right, time. He's about the, the slowest there is in, in baseball. Ooh, so, that's a great point. Yeah. Nobody in this winter meetings have talked about yeah, that. So I. I I'm not going. I don't going to hit the number on the head, but it was like around 31, 16 or something like that in terms wow. of average. It was it was up for did 20s, did anyone know. when that rule change and stuff happened? Did you guys talk to him about that? Oh or? yeah, he he made it clear that he uh, was not happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what's the solution? Mean, he said, oh, good. I guess. I'm I mean, he's going to have to change. I, I don't know how he didn't you know, but he's. That's he's a guy who gets I that love ball. that angle. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Gets that ball, walks around the mound, takes his time. And yeah. He, it's, it's Kenley's time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I ask you some stuff about the Braves? Yeah. All right. So the Braves, um, they're a good team. They, they uh, Dansby Swanson, obviously. First of all, like when we talk about the shortstop class, this is another, it's great to have you on because you have offered a great perspective of this. When we talk about the four shortstops, Turner, uh, Correa, Bogarts, and Danzy Swanson. Swanson's always the fourth guy, right? And so you've seen this guy play a ton. What is your take on him? Like, where does he fit in terms of if a team gets him? Because if a team gets him, right, that they're going to expect, they're going to pay a lot of money for him, they're going to expect a lot, and with great power comes with great responsibility. Can he handle that sort of responsibility yeah, yeah yeah if you go all the way back to watch his you know videos of big moments of Vanderbilt and the college world series college regionals ninth inning against Indiana one time walk off home or some big at bats here in the big leagues you know light ninth inning it's not like you go and you you look at close and late stats and they don't just like jump off the table at you but it's like you just remember how many big ninth inning moments he When he gets had. up, you think something good's going to happen. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know he's not phased by the moment. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the moment is not going to uh, overwhelm him. And I think he talks a lot about how it was just playing competitive basketball growing up in, in, in Atlanta, you know, high school type level. He's with, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a great athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the second and best. A great head of hair. Oh, my God. He says that his mother was the best athlete in the family, and now he might even have to say his wife is, is the best oh, athlete. Oh, she's a soccer player. Yeah. Because this was another thing that we talked about. Um, somebody brought this up the other day, and I wasn't aware of it. So 
his wife plays in Chicago, right? She's, she's a professional she, soccer yeah, player. Yeah, and then she's on the U.S. Uh, national team, Mallory yeah. Pugh. So, uh, you know, she's, just is, uh, she, she's a heck of an athlete, but they're, they're you know, seem to really two highly competitive individuals. So he doesn't like, he doesn't mind saying, okay, you know what, you're going to be, you're going to be on the on the media guys, you're going to be on this, you're going to be on that, no. you're going to be the face, he, he, it's something that he embraces. He relishes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun watching him in the clubhouse, watching a, you know, match or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of just, you know, how, and, you know, and it's, before this year's All-Star game, so he, he you know, I don't like to select to be in this year's All-Star game, he, he didn't take part in Monday's fest. No, Steve. Didn't he didn't go out there Sunday night? Yeah, he didn't take part in Monday's festivities, the media day, yeah. home run derby, because he went to Mexico to watch her play. Ooh. the U.S. And you were left sitting there saying, "Where's Dansby Swanson?" You know, but no, I had worked ahead. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you're you know? wily like that. Yeah. So he uh, he went down there. But I thought it was great that he yeah. said, "You know what? This is." You know, he could have just said, oh, I, I got to go there and do this. But he did that for her. He said she's been there for all his big events. He needed to be there for, for hers. Yeah. Uh, so they, they left and left went from Mexico to Los Angeles after that match. And uh, he was there for, you know, Tuesday's game. And That's that awesome. A big moment. But he's he's just a first-class guy that, uh, yeah, he, he could handle Boston. He can handle New York. He can, yeah. handle, he can handle them all. I, I, that, he's, he is a very – Intelligent, very competitive, uh, uh, just talented individual. If, if, as we sit here right now, and maybe I hopefully doesn't sign before this comes out, but those <laughs> <laughs> be some editing if that happens. <laughs> where do you think that he like would be his ideal situation? Is it like is it Chicago? Because I, I wouldn't begrudge him because yeah. his wife is playing there. Yeah. Is it Atlanta being that place? Is it a, maybe just a new scene where maybe it's a bit, little bit bigger stage like Boston or L.A. or whatever? What do you think that he would prioritize? Well, I mean, if, if you're asking where I think the, the best place for him, I think it's probably Atlanta. I think yeah. it's one of those that, 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 that two parties, this is another one of those instances where, you know, two parties could separate and then come to realize they were the best for each other. Now, you know, whoever, even if the Braves end up going and getting Xander, and Xander has a great, you know, a couple of years in Atlanta, you uh, maybe it's a less of a likely that you sit there and go, oh, man, and then miss Dansby. But he just has such a presence in that clubhouse. Yeah. You know, and the city truly appreciates what he does, and it's home. I think it's just a... A great fit. Now, if the money doesn't match, then it doesn't match. It, you know, he's going to have to move on. But I, I'm, you know, could he go and in, in, in fit in in Chicago? Yeah. I think David Ross, you know, yeah, I don't fit in with him, David. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know him as well yeah. as anyone. Yeah, yeah so he'd be perfect. Uh, you know, could he play in Boston? Yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't know. That's probably about as. You know, you get up there in the Northeast, it's a little different world, you know, a little rougher to play. Yeah. But at the same time, I, he could take it, and he's, he's, uh, you know, and the other thing we haven't mentioned about Dan in comparison to, you know, let's go ahead and have all four shortstops, including Turner, you know, yeah. entering here. Dansby was is the best defensive player among them. By yeah, far. I mean he, which is more important than ever, right? I mean, yeah. I mean because of the lack of shifts and yeah. so forth and so on. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got that range, and if you give him that five or six year deal, I think it's still there, thirty three, thirty four. I 
I really want to know what the Phillies are going to do with Trey Turner beyond the age 35, 36. Yeah, well, that was their thing, you know. Well, I mean, let's be honest, though, yeah. Mark. I mean, this is Dabrowski saying, I'm going to yeah. get a guy, and I don't care yeah. if I ever pay for him. And, and I kind of, I mean, this is the reality of free agency. I mean, it, I think that people in Boston are saying, you got to be, and they actually did this with Kenley Jansen. Yeah. This is a, in a much smaller way. But when we get to this market, the way that it's going, it's just the reality that you have to sink in, which is you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You're just going to have to do it. And that's what Dombrowski did with Turner. Um, and, you know, Denzel Swanson's going to make some money, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. But uh, what, else do, what else do the Braves need? Well, they, you know, one possible solution. So let, let's say they don't get Dansby or Boat. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they're saying, what, what's plan B? And I don't think Willie Adamas is going to be available anymore. You know, there could be some other shortstop for the league you look to trade for. But let's say you just say, we're going to get a guy who can just catch him. Mm-hmm. And you go with Elvis Andrew. Ooh, I was going to say Jose Iglesias. Jose Iglesias, okay. But Elvis Andrew, both, yeah, both good, good, good examples. Nothing wrong with yeah. either one of them. So you, you have him catch the ball, and then you, you spend some money on the left field. Right now, the left fielders will be Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna. And I, I think the best thing to do with Marcelo Zuna is just eat the $37 million and say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, right now, that those are their two left fielders I don't think I think they need to go add somebody whether that's uh, try to find a short term deal with a free agent like Michael Conforto mm-hmm. uh, or you know obviously Brian Reynolds is at the, the front of everybody's uh, list right now you yeah. just don't know exactly what it's going to take to get him from the Pirates but, yeah. uh, that'd be a good fit as well people optimistic in Atlanta? yeah they're going to be optimistic you think about what they have with I mean it's their, their, their payrolls could getting up there close to $230 million. Wow. Yeah. But. Uh, Thank you, Marcelo Zoom. Yeah, 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 exactly. A little too much yeah. there. But the, you know, Austin Riley, uh, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, just to, their emergencies. You've got Kyle Wright coming off a 21 game, 21 win season. Um, yeah, there's they're, they're some very good young talent there. That, I didn't even mention Ozzy Albies or Ronald Cooney Jr. You know, Matt Olson's fitting yeah. in there. Travis Pernod has been a, a very good leader behind the plate. Yeah, there, there's there's some really solid pieces. In there. What was what was it like that year without Freddie Freeman? Like it's, I give them so much credit. And, and we had Buster Olney on, and we we're talking about the scenarios if Judge left, right? If Judge left the Yankees, which obviously he didn't. But they're like, okay, they have to have a plan B immediately, jump into action. He thought it was going to be one of the shortstops, and obviously, it doesn't make a difference. But he cited what they did when Freddie Freeman left. Boom, you know, here comes Olsen. And that, I mean, that was, you have to give them credit for that, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's, a, that's a tough loss, but when you turn it over like that? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you know, I think you got to give. Matt Olson a lot of credit to just just come in and perform like he did. I know his numbers don't look as great as they did maybe during you know the previous year in Oakland at least, but you know in terms of batting average stuff. But uh, the, the, the power ended up being there. Ended up, what he end up with seventy nine uh, extra base hits. Yeah. Uh, you know it, it, this is a uh, you know it, it's a trade that ended up working. You know. For the Braves, there's no doubt the, the transition is a tough one. You know, yeah. you're always going to wonder how much they could have benefited from keeping Fred. Well, what do you think happens if he if they kept? Well, they they, they 
They would have certainly won their division this year. Yeah. Still. I mean, it's the Freddie's an MVP caliber yeah. player every year. The, the question is, when does Freddie stop being an MVP caliber player being, you know, at 32 years old where uh, Matt Olson's still 28, 29 at this yeah. point in time. So, you know, at the, near the end of this deal, you know, the Matt Olson deal, you're certainly happy that the, that's where the money you're spending on your, your first baseman now. They might be able to have their cake and eat it too, because Freddie's already saying, you know, maybe he could end up back in Atlanta one day, and maybe if he gets back for a year, he can be the DH while Matt Olson's the first base. Oh, the glorious DH in the <laughs> National League! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, man. Like this is this is it's fun. I like I love your team. I love the team that you cover, and I love the perspective both on Canley Jansen and Dansby Swanson. Because, like I said, you know, and I, we'll talk to. I had um, Rich Hill, who's part of this podcast great guy and he did, he's like hey you know Canley's gonna be nails and I think that the guys who played with him in the Dodgers yeah. like they saw obviously the best of him but I love your perspective because you saw not to say that he, it wasn't it was bad yeah. but it was a different yeah. guy right yeah. this isn't 2017 Canley Jansen right. anymore yeah but so anyway yeah. He's we, a, he, I think Red Sox fans will like him and if they don't, don't let him know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, see, you're a very smart guy. All right, thanks, man. All right, thank you.